GameZillaMedia.com. It's time for the last action podcast. Pop quiz, hot shot. Hey, motherfucker. I feel the need. The need for speed. Kill it. I have come here to chew bubblegum and kick ass. And I'm all out of bubblegum. Come with me if you want to live. Welcome everybody to this week's episode of the Last Action Podcast. I am your host, LPJ, and joining me, another host, Hovercraft Joe. What is up? LPJ, it only took a little bit of time for you to finally acknowledge me as a as your dare I say equal on the show. Oh no no no! I just said another host. I didn't okay, say co-host. Enough. I just said you're another person who hosts the show. I'm still in charge. Oh, okay, I won't push it. I'm the captain now. <laughs> uh, we have a so in keeping with the year of the sequel, we have a back to back guest. We have a sequel guest. We have Jody joining us. Hey, LPJ. I'm so glad to be here. You are the captain, I hear. You're more like dictator LPJ, though. <laughs> yep. Yep. That's, that's, yeah. You know what? I'll, I'll own that. I will own that. Um, I vote for Hovercraft Joe. <laughs> you vote all you want. It's not going to make it happen. Uh, we are joined by a- another guest, a returning guest, my lovely, talented, beautiful wife, Erin. Hello. Happy to be here. Thanks for having me. Happy to have you here. (laughs) It's almost like we spent all day talking to each other. Almost. Almost. It's almost like we spent like the entire last year talking to each other. Yes. You you guys have a very long running podcast that you forget to record episodes of, but it's always happening. Sometimes Um, it's entertaining, but a lot of times it's not. Sometimes um, it involves very loud children. <laughs> so uh, we're here uh, tonight. We're gonna we're talking about a movie uh, that, that's come up a lot. I mean, more behind the scenes, just like, well, we should do this movie. When are we going to do this movie? And it just one of those ones that kind of just kept getting kicked down the road, and then finally, here we are doing it. Uh, we're here to talk about 2004's National Treasure. Uh, and as we usually do at the, if, if we remember the order correctly, as we start at the beginning of the episodes, we like to get everyone's kind of, you know, first viewing, you know, memories of this movie. So what about you, Aaron? When, when, when did you first hear this movie? Uh, I don't remember the very first time, but I assume I would have seen it in the theaters because this sort of subject matter is very in my wheelhouse. So I'm guessing I probably saw it with LPJ at some point in a theater. And then of course I've just seen it a million times since then because it's always on TV. Yeah. Uh, I'll go next. I, I think you're right. I think this was a date night movie for us. It was one of those ones where it was just you and I, and we just both had the idea to go see this movie. I don't know if it was, when did when did Da Vinci Code come out? It was before this? I kind of think it was before this. Um, I'm going to look it up right now. But I remember I remember we went and saw that, and um, this seems like it'd be uh, one of those movies that was released kind of on the heels of that movie coming out. My mistake. I mean. And Da Vinci Code came out in 2006. Oh, so, so that was after this. Oh, definitely right before this. <laughs> right, right. Sorry, yeah, then I don't know. Nowhere near that not time even close, Not even close. Maybe, I got maybe, you were thinking, maybe you were thinking of, uh, uh, never mind, I was going to say the one nope. that came afterwards. So um, anyways, so that was your first time. Anything else? I've seen it a million times after. It's one of those, it's, it's again, it's one of those movies that if it's on TV, it's we usually watch at least part of it. Okay. Jody? I don't remember when I first saw this. Um, I know that it's one of my wife Lauren's favorite movies. So if she sees it's on, we watch part of it. Normally, uh, pre-pandemic, uh, Hovercraft Joe was on a, over on a Friday or a Saturday. He saw it on. He'd be like, whoa, we should watch that. It's no Grown Ups 2, but I've seen it <laughs> a lot. Yeah, but what um, is Grown Ups 2? <laughs> I don't know. What category, did, what podcast does that fit on? Not this one, uh, and not any spinoff of this one. I don't know. I mean, it's the year of the sequels. Uh, oh, a night. Good. 
there is a fight scene in it. And yeah. Hovercraft it, Joe laughs six times. Okay. <laughs> um, so I, I, I definitely didn't see this movie in the theater. I remember when it came out. Um, and I remember it, it, it being like all over the place, like heavily advertised, like the TV spots and everything. And it was like the whole thing about it was like that it was like it was like a mystery. Like there's this like, oh, follow the clues. And like they didn't know like what the treasure was. And I asked somebody I worked with at Samsville at the time and it said, hey, I said, what is that national treasure? And they were like, oh, it's just like gold and stuff. And I was kind of bummed out. So I was like, ah, all right, well, I guess I didn't see it. But then I eventually did see it. I don't know. It's like cable or whatever. And I've seen it like 200,000 times since because it's very watchable. And I feel like it's one of those ones you could pick up at any point and just be like, okay, I'm going to watch this now. So, um, but as I said, this came out in 2004, uh, specifically the release date is November 19th of 2004. Uh, its budget is a hundred million dollars. Uh, its domestic gross is 173 million, uh, and then a worldwide of 347 million, which is good. But I guess maybe I thought that this was a bigger hit. Not that this isn't a hit, but I, I guess I thought that this was like a for how much it cost, it wasn't as much of a like a runaway hit. I guess as I thought. Yeah, and it does seem weird. I think it had something to do with the fact that. This was like right at the beginning of the whole Nicolas Cage going off the deep end. Um, not that he wasn't crazy before, but like, you know, over the past 20 years, he's really lost his mind. Uh, and this was kind of the beginning of that. So I don't know if maybe the fact that he's in it and he was kind of a more of a punchline at the time, if people didn't see it. Um, but I, it could but be. I, I think he's great in this, to be honest with you. Um, now this this is one of the more uh, I think telling and accurate uh, Rotten Tomatoes that I've come across while while doing these. So the the Rotten Tomato score is forty six percent, but the audience score is seventy six percent. So yeah, that that to me is like screams what this movie is something that like a critic is not going to enjoy, but like most people you talk to are like, oh yeah, I like that movie. You know, like um, okay, so. Top grossing movies of 2004. You have a lot of, it's speaking a year of the sequel. You have number one, Shrek 2. You have number two, Spider Man 2. And then you have number three, The Passion of the Christ. That's not a sequel, but. Um, and then you also have. <laughs> so, uh, number nine uh, is National Treasure, the movie we're talking about now. And we've only ever done two other movies in 2004. Uh, number eight, which is the Bourne Supremacy and number 83, uh, the Thomas Jane, the Punisher, the yep. movie that me, me and LBJ disagree very, very strongly about. So, uh, yeah. Um, I don't know if you want to talk about the, uh, director. You want to go in the cast? What do you, what do you want to go? Let's start, go let's start director, John Turtletop. Um, he's, you know, kind of a big action filmmaker i mean he's made a bunch not necessarily action but he's made a lot of he's made a lot of big hits that people just enjoy stuff like three ninjas he made (laughs) cool runnings while you were sleeping you know phenomenon um the sort he he did the meg we we everybody loves the meg you know and it's one of those kind of he's just one of those directors that for whatever reason just makes films that people like watching that aren't necessarily critically acclaimed. They're just enjoyable watches. Yeah. He's all over the place. With that kind of, it's yeah. like breadth of expertise. It's not like he just makes one kind of movie. I mean, the mag, like you said, three ninjas, it's kind of wild. The, the different movies he's directed. Cool runnings. Yeah. Yep. That's another one. So weird. Um, pretty much a list of my favorite movies. <laughs> <laughs> Except for the mag. I don't know what that is. <laughs> Oh, that's uh, a giant sweet, that's shark. A, it would giant be your shark with, uh, with uh, Jason Statham. Oh, giant <laughs> sharks. Yeah, I'm super into those. <laughs> oh, that reminds me. Speaking of giant sharks, Jody, there's a movie that's coming out or just came out called Virus Shark. You might want to watch it. <laughs> I'd watch that. Yeah. <laughs> I'll make Avery watch it with me. Um, writers, uh, LBJ, do you have anything on the writers? There's three of them. I didn't I don't uh, know, you know. Yeah, they wrote this movie. Jim. Jim. <laughs> <laughs> Jim Cuff, Cuff? Cormac, 
Corbach Wimberly. <laughs> yeah. And Marianne Wimberly. Oh, so the, the writing Wimberleys. Um, yeah, I got nothing on them. Uh, music, Trevor Rabin? Rabin? Sure. Yeah, I don't know. You're the pronunciation king. Rabin. No, Rabin's uh, fine. Okay. Uh, you know, a, a serviceable score. I don't. We're not going to play anything because it's not something like memorable. Like you don't, you don't hear it and be like, "Oh, the National Treasure theme." But you know, it works. Yeah, it was good. It was work for the movie. Um. Okay. Cast. Uh, we talked well, about. Did we talk about the producer Jerry Bruckheimer? No. Okay. All right. Feel free. So it's it's Bruckheimer. I mean, it's like the one of the biggest action film producers. One of the biggest film producers. Of all time. Um, obviously, you know, The Rock, Con Air, Top Gun, you know, Gone in 60 Seconds. A lot of Nicolas Cage movies, actually. Uh, Pirates of the Caribbean, Bad Boys. He's done any gigantic, huge blockbuster. Bruckheimer's probably been involved in it. True. Um, okay. Now we're going to talk about the cast. Uh, so we mentioned Nicolas Cage already. He's playing Benjamin Franklin Gates. Uh, you have Diane Kruger uh, playing Abigail Chase. Uh, Jody's favorite, Justin Bartha, playing Riley Poole. Uh, LBJ's famous uh, favorite, Sean Bean, playing uh, Ian Howe. Which, by the way, I did read they said that this is one of the few movies that he doesn't get killed in. So. Yep. Way to go, Sean Bean. Good job, Sean. Way to survive a film. Uh, John Voight plays Patrick Gates. Uh, Harvey Keitel plays Sandusky. And uh, Christopher Plummer alert playing John Adams Gates. Kind, he's kind of in this movie. Yeah, you know what's funny is like he shows up at the very beginning and I was like, who? Like I, I recognize him and I'm like, I know who this is. But then I had to look it up and I'm like, oh, it's Christopher Plummer. Uh-huh. So... When I was watching it, we were watching it as a family. And I was like, Abe, do you know who that is? And we finally told her it was the dad from Sound of Music, which <laughs> for some reason she loves. She was very, she's like, What's that doesn't that? look like that. <laughs> the seven hour runtime. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Hey, Jody, I got one for you. Uh, Mark Pellegrino's in this. Yeah. AKA Lucifer, Lucifer from, from Supernatural. I have that one written down. I wonder how much cash he has. Well, we'll find out, right? Yeah. I, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> He's looking it up anybody, right now. <laughs> anybody else that you want to mention in the cast? No, no, I'm good. I mean, there's, you know, other people that are in it who I don't really recognize at all, but uh, they're there. Oh. Well, you're our, you're our character actor expert, so I just wanted yeah. to make sure. Mark Pellegrino. In a row. Two weeks in a row, LPJ, you haven't had crazy people to talk about. Don't worry. I'm sure we'll come up with something soon enough. Okay. All right. So let's let's go through the net worth then. Uh, and why don't why don't we start with uh Mark Pellegrino, guys? What do you think? <laughs> <laughs> what do you think Mark Pellegrino's net worth is? Uh LPJ? Well, first I want to ask Aaron, do you know who Mark Pellegrino is? Nope. Okay. I was gonna ask you if he'd been in any Hallmark movies. Um, because there's he's a good chance he, he's a Canadian actor. Uh, he kind of oh, so he fits the uh, he fits the profile, right? He's on, mm-hmm. on all the WB shows or the CW shows. So no, his face is too squishy for Hallmark movies. Too squishy. Okay, interesting. <laughs> yeah, he's, he's got that sweet, sweet Lost money. He was on Lost, guys. So. He's got that sweet, sweet. Uh, what's that movie where the world blacks out? I can't think of it now. Uh, it doesn't matter. Uh, I'm going to go $500,000. Okay. Aaron, what do you think for Mark Pellegrino? A, a man you just met. <laughs> uh, uh, I'm going to say, because I know nothing about him, but you said he was on what? Supernatural. Lucifer? Supernatural? Let's go with like $2 million. Okay. And what do you think, Jody? Um, he has that sweet national treasure money. So I'm going to go with $1 million. Uh, $3 million hey, good for, for uh, Mark Belgrano. Okay, next up, Justin Bartha. What do you think about Justin Bartha, Jody? He's got that sweet G. Lee money. So I'm going to say It's still fun if you look dollars. it up. I don't remember movies, so I have to look it up. That's fair. That's fair. 
Uh, uh, he- what did you say, Helen? How many? Nine. Okay. Uh, Aaron, what do you think? Uh, I don't know what else he's been in. So let's say seven million. Okay. LPJ? Uh, he's got that sweet hangover money. Uh, I'm going to go five million. Oh, you guys are low-balling Justin Bartha. $22 million for Justin Bartha. What? Hey, good for him. <laughs> okay, next up, Harvey Keitel. What do you think about Harvey Keitel, LBJ? He's got that piano money. Um, <laughs> I'm going to go $50 million. Okay. Uh, what do you think, Aaron? 25 Okay. Uh, Jody? He has that monkey trouble money burning a hole in his pocket. I'm going to go to wow, 100 million. Monkey trouble. <laughs> $45 million for uh, Harvey Keitel. Uh, John Voigt. What do you guys think about John Voigt? Uh, Jody, let's start with you. John Voigt. I think he got rich off of Anaconda, so $72 million. No, he okay. clearly got rich, okay. off of, yeah, rich off of Pearl Harbor. Um, what are you saying, LPJ? I'll say I'll say thirty-five million. Okay. What do you think, Aaron? John Voigt. I'll say fifty million. Uh, fifty-five million dollars for John Voigt. Oh, so, pretty close. Uh, okay, couple more. Uh, LBJ. Let's start with Sean Bean. What do you think of Sean Bean? Sean Bean. Uh, he's got that I die in every movie money. Um, <laughs> so that, that Ned Stark money. Uh, twenty-five million. Okay, Aaron. <sighs> I'm really lacking in my movie references here. He's got that uh, Lord of the Rings. Lord of the Rings money. So you know, let's say forty million. Okay, uh, Jody. He has twenty-nine million because pixels put him over the top. <laughs> uh, he actually has twenty million dollars. So it's oh. still pretty good. All right, last two. Diane Kruger. What do you think about for Diane Kruger? We'll start with you, Aaron. What do you think? Well, I still don't have any movie references. Uh, let's go with $25 million. Okay. Uh, Jody, what do you think? She's got that sweet, sweet being like the girlfriend of Norman Reedus money. What do you think? <laughs> I couldn't find anything funny that she was in, so I'm going to go with $4 million. Okay. She's got that ride with Norman Reedus money. Uh, that's his <laughs> motorcycle uh, reality show. Um, although I don't think she was actually in it. Uh, I'm going to say $35 million. $24 million for Diane Kruger. Ooh. And then finally, someone who we've covered a lot, so I'll start with you, LBJ. What do you think for Nicolas Cage? What do you think? It's, He's got it's, that... Wait. Does he have any money? That's where that's the that's the, the question here because he okay. does. He's got that Wicker Man money, um, that that number twenty three money. Um, <laughs> let's see. I'm gonna say whew, ninety million. Let's see what happens here. I'm gonna say ninety million. Okay. Uh, what do you think, Aaron? I think he spent all that money. <laughs> uh, <laughs> But, you know, he does have some left over from the worst movie I've ever seen, Ghost Rider. Uh, so maybe he's somewhere in the 20 million range. I okay. forgot you went and saw that with us. <laughs> oh, my God. That was the worst movie I've ever seen. Oh, man. Uh, uh, Wait. No, that's not I true. Your it's, guess. it's actually it's pretty, like, closely tied to what's that movie about the, like, backyard cleanup poop spray with Jack Black in it because that's my <laughs> other worst favorite oh, movie. Envy. That movie's terrible. Yeah, that's the other one. That was the, the second worst. <laughs> Jody, what do you think? Off the rails. Shows off the rails. <laughs> I think the Captain Corelli's mandolin money he has is going to put him at $35 million. Uh, $25 you like, million. You like that, LPJ? Or Cover Cap Joe? Yeah, I do like it. It's a good uh, Brooklyn Nine-Nine reference, too. Um, but yeah, $25 million for Nicolas Cage. So, you know, everyone in this movie, Sands, Mark Pellegrino, doing pretty good for themselves. But even $3 million, I take it. So, um, taglines. Let's bust through these. Uh, first one. 
Can I read I my, was... my first one? It's my favorite. Okay, go I ahead. Found. You can have it. From the producers of Pirates of the Caribbean. <laughs> yep. I love it when they do that, when they just try and get you to see a movie based on something else. But not the director or the star, the producer. Okay. Uh, next one. The greatest adventure history has ever revealed. Okay. In order to break the code, one man will have to break all the rules. <laughs> I don't know how to feel about that one. Um, and then this one says, the clues are right in front of your eyes. That's like, that's, that one's not terrible. It's not terrible, no. I, I, I'll agree with that. But again, I, I feel like the taglines are always terrible. Yeah, they could have done way better. Except for those ones for Too Fast, Too Furious. Too cool. Too tough. <laughs> I like the taglines that are like seven paragraphs long. Or they just describe the plot of the movie. Those yeah. are good. Um, okay. So uh, anything else that anybody wants to mention or get into before we start talking about the plot of this? No. <laughs> <laughs> Very definitive. I like it. Okay. Um so the movie starts off in 1974. This is where we get Christopher Plummer showing up, uh, talking to a young Nicolas Cage in the movie. Not actually young Nicolas Cage, but his character young. Uh, telling him, like, the history of the Gates family. Um, it's a lot of stuff about the Masons, about the Knights Templar, about the Freemasons. There's a lot of stuff involved. I'm not going to, like, go through it all. But basically, there's a big treasure that was collected over the years by all these civilizations, and it kept getting, like, moved all around. And then it was, like, being guarded by the Knights Templar, and they took it over to the USA. And then, like, they hit it after the American Revolutionary War? Like, is that, like, make enough sense, or am I not doing it? No, it does. And, yeah. I mean, no, that's fine. But the whole idea that this, this treasure that was collected by European, like, a group of European knights essentially made the, took the treasure all the way over to the U.S. because they didn't want the British to have it. <laughs> that makes no sense. Joe, you went to the Masonic Temple, right? Yes. Did you learn about this? Uh, I, here, okay. I will say this: we did not get into national treasure type stuff, but it did seem like that they did a lot of secret stuff there. So who knows? Who knows? Um, okay. Uh, one other thing I want to add is I, I do like when John Boyd shows up in the scene because before they did had like they could de age somebody, yeah. So they just kind of give him like a floppy hair wig and they're like, Die, he's younger, <laughs> <laughs> but he, he looks the same as he does in the oh, movie. Oh, yeah, he looks exactly he the just same. has like a wig with long hair on, and I was dying because I couldn't remember. I'm like, Oh, do they have. Because it's been a while since I watched the whole thing, and I was like, did they have like someone play like younger John Boyd? It's like, no, it's just him with a bad wig. Uh, okay. And like the big thing is, is that like this secret has been handed down amongst the Gates family, and they've been trying to find this treasure. And like the, the one clue that they have to go on to start is like that the secret lies to Charlotte. Okay, boom. We cut to present day. We're in the Arctic Circle. Uh, they're, they're looking for this boat. I don't ever think we're fully explained as to how they find out that A, Charlotte is a boat, and B, that it's in the middle of the Arctic Circle. They just know that stuff going into it, right? Like, we're never given that information about it, No, and I will say this. I guess the first cut of this movie was four hours long. (laughs) So he could have had one of those cut scenes. I don't know. Holy Snyder cut, huh? Oh, yeah. (laughs) I can really explain that. Release the turtle talk. Uh, it's trending now. Um, so they, they, they get to where the Charlotte is. I, I, I don't know about you guys, but I, I love that they like, he's got like the metal detector and he like, they find it and he just happens to clear yeah. off that patch of snow. And it's like the bell or whatever that just says the Charlotte on it. It's like, okay. Um, so it's a ship. It's buried in the snow. They go inside. There's a bunch of frozen dead bodies. They get into the treasure, uh, like the, the cargo hold. There's no treasure in there, but they find this um, Marisham? Marisham pipe? It's a pipe, yeah. It's this really fancy pipe. Uh, and he, like, takes part of it off, and he, like, he cuts his hand open. He gets the blood on it, and he, like, rolls it. So it gives, like, a riddle. 
<laughs> and like I can't remember exactly what the riddle says, but like it's insane to me. Like I, we're supposed to believe Nicholas Cage is really smart at this, but the way he works out this first riddle. Oh my god! Like, so fast. It was like it's watching. Like, it was like watching an episode of sixties Batman, like where he's going through the Riddler's clues, and it's completely <laughs> yeah. nonsense. And he comes to a an off the wall solution. That's exactly what this seemed like. One guy kept suggesting jail, right? Like a prison. Yeah. And then Riley suggested Albuquerque. Did you guys happen to catch on why he suggested Albuquerque? Uh, no. It said something like it was like a reference to like a Weird Al song or something. It's an 11 minute Weird Al song called Albuquerque. You should give it a listen. No, I'm good. It's 11 minutes you'll never get back. <laughs> it tells the whole story. It's a pretty good one. Um, so anyways, uh, what they end up getting from this riddle is that like that there's a map on the back of the Declaration of Independence. So uh, Ian decides, Ian's Sean Bean's character, he's like, well, you know, we're going to steal it. That's the only way we can see what this map is. And Nicolas Cage isn't all about that. So he's like, nah, I'm going to leave you here. Um, so the ship blows up, but they like hide. And then like they get out and he's like, hey, good news. There's like an Inuit village like eight miles from here. So we'll just start walking to it. How he knows that, I don't know. Um, it's another cutscene, clearly. <laughs> yeah, there's a lot, you know, there's probably in this. Cut, I, I cut How they survived that explosion cutscene. Oh, they just they hit like, they just hit in the giant refrigerator. They were behind the <laughs> wood door. <laughs> um, so now we jump to Washington, DC. Uh Gates is trying to kind of let everyone know what's about to happen. Well, you know, hey, someone's gonna try and steal the Declaration of Independence. Uh, but obviously. No one believes them because it's, you know, in such a secure location and it's all this stuff. Um, the last person they go see is Abigail Chase, who is um, Diane Kruger's character. Um, tell her the story. Uh, she doesn't believe him as well. Um, so his ultimate goal is that he's like, well, you know what? I had to steal it basically to protect the Declaration of Independence. I have to steal it so he can't. Um, they go and they do a bunch of research. Um, there's like a, a preparation montage, I would say, right? Of them kind of getting ready for this, you know, they're like, uh, yeah. So can I, you just go ahead. look up the blueprints for the national archives? Anyone? Can we <laughs> pull this off? I don't think you can. I, I, you know what? Maybe you can. Maybe you can. Let's say you can, right? Like <laughs> what? How did Nicholas Cage go from archaeologist to master thief <laughs> so quickly like he, he has, has multiple degrees multiple degrees him and him and him and justin bartha for whatever reason <laughs> have this figured out oceans 11 style very quickly they had very little time to act probably a matter of hours and they come up Cut with this scene. thing yeah but it, it is bananas well also here's something that's interesting to me a key part of their plan right is because when they're visiting uh, Diane Kruger's character, she has this collection of George Washington campaign buttons, right? Probably displays, but she's missing one. And Nicolas Cage is like, oh, you're missing whatever this button is. So a key part of their plan in order to figure out the password, her password, is to give her the missing button. So she, like, puts her fingers on it, and they put, like, invisible ink on it. But, like, where did he get that button from? Like, did he just have it laying around this, like, rare George Washington campaign button i thought I, he said he had he had yeah, found one or he i think had he one. said he had one yeah oh okay well because <laughs> i'm an idiot right yeah dummy 12 <laughs> times 1200 times you've seen it and you can't remember that part idiot <laughs> and, while, while this is going on too i like that they show like ian preparing and his plan is basically just like yeah we got a lot of guns and explosives <laughs> like nicholas cage and justin barth are doing all this like subterfuge and all this stuff and like they're like that we're packing guns um so gates sneaks into the party as a maintenance guy uh he gets the fingerprints off her glass um you know he breaks into the room he gets the thing it's in it's like bulletproof case but also like ian's like trying to get it at the same time and he just seems to like blow holes in a bunch of walls and stuff um i do like that like they show how the bulletproof glass because like when they're shooting at him and he like holds it up and it like stops the bullets and stuff i always like that part of it yeah um 
What's that? I said, yeah. <laughs> I said, yes, I agree with you. The bulletproof okay. glass uh, was pretty cool. Okay. Sorry. Uh-huh. I- <laughs> uh- <laughs> So um, I, I do like this little bit when he's going to leave and he's like hiding out in the gift shop and he's got the actual like Declaration of Independence and he's trying to leave and the lady's like, hey, you got to pay for that because yeah. she thinks we should probably talk about this now. The The actual Declaration of Independence is not on display anywhere. Like the real Declaration of Independence, they don't display. They have like a replica they put out, but it's not the real thing. The real thing is locked away somewhere because you can't even yeah. read it anyway. Did well, we go it, to the National Archive? I think we did go to the National Archives. But here's my question, too. If, like, the Declaration of Independence is, is it, it's super old, right? Like, and even if this was the real one, like, they seem to be, like, rolling it up, like, willy-nilly. Like, wouldn't the paper be, like, so, like, wouldn't you, like, roll it up and it would just, like, break? Like, I just feel like, I don't They're know. They're not I feel super like, gentle with it. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, I, I feel like it's conditioned how with how old it is. It would have to be so delicate that you couldn't just like, oh, I'm going to roll it up and put it in a tube and stuff, you know? Like, yeah, I don't, I don't know. know. I got nothing for you. So, um, so anyway, so yeah, he has to he has to buy the fake one, which is pretty funny. Uh, security finds out it's gone. Uh, there's like a big car chase scene because Abigail shows up. She's trying to get it back, and it's like it's kind of like a low stakes car chase scene. I would see because it's like not really going that fast but then she's like hanging out the window hanging out the door and stuff so but you know uh, it, it, it's not the most exciting chase scene is how i will describe it i guess why did he stop and talk to her and have that entire conversation why did he just get in the van and leave i don't know because he's i don't know he's he's got a thing for her already so i think maybe you know he's was like intrigued her. <laughs> um so uh, Ian thinks he gets away with the actual Declaration of Independence, but oh, psych, Nicolas Cage actually bought a fake one too, and that's the one that he has. Um, but now they're on the grid because he had to use his visa. That was a little gag in the uh, gift shop where she's like, oh, it's like 30 whatever, and he had like almost the exact amount of money but missing like 50 cents or something. Um, so they got to go. The big thing is their, their plan was they got to get these silence – do good? Did I say that right? Silence mm-hmm. do good letters, uh, which were these letters that were like written by Benjamin Franklin. Um, and they had it all set up at Nicholas Cage's apartment so they could use them as a cipher. But like the FBI show up. So they're like, they go to uh, John Voight's house because uh, he's supposed to have the original letters. Um, and they kind of have this whole thing where like their whole relationship is a little contentious because like he thinks that like he's wasting his life looking for the treasure and all this stuff. Um, <laughs> this is again where they're being kind of like uh, casual with the Declaration of Independence because they're like, well, we got to see if there's a map on the back of it. So they bust it out and they got like lemon and they're putting like swabs on it and like they put they garbage bags down on the table. What more do you want? <laughs> I mean, clearly they're not professional spies because every spy would know that lemon itself is an invisible ink, and they would have just messed up that map. <laughs> Well, they they finally do get it to reveal, um, and it's some kind of like, like it's like a key. It's like a list of like numbers, and they 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 somehow figure out that they need those silence do good letters to kind of translate what the map saying. So they he donated them to the Franklin Institute in Philadelphia. Uh, so that's where they go there. I do like when the FBI, by, uh, led by Harvey Keitel, shows up, and John Voight's just like they like duct tape him like to his chair, but he's still got like the remote control and like the pop that he's drinking. Um, I like that a little bit. Um, I also like this next thing where they're uh, where they're in Philadelphia and they're trying to like get the coded message, but they're not going in. So he keeps sending Riley keeps sending that little kid in to like read and tell him like what letter is which one. Uh, and when Ian shows up, you can see that the kid's like looking to see, like looking at the row and like counting and stuff like that. Um, the, and the, the, the ultimate thing is that it says, um, I can't remember the whole message, but I remember it ends with pass and stow, right? Which is like what is on the Liberty Bell. Uh, and then Jody's favorite scene is when they're at Urban Outfitters with a weird promotional tie and they're at Urban Outfitters getting some new outfits and they're in those changing rooms. Jody, what's so your they're in next to each other changing rooms where 
the door doesn't go floor to ceiling. It goes from inch above nipples to like <laughs> calves. Yeah, <laughs> it's real weird. In the middle of the store. So like, it's weird if they're in a normal fitting room, like in a little hallway. But no, they're just like in the middle of the store. And like Nicolas Cage is like from like nipples up. <laughs> and Abigail's from you can see from nipples up basically. It's very strange. It's weird because like somebody walked by, you'd see it right into the right into the thing. Yeah. Um yeah. I, see I don't shop at Urban Outfitters, so I don't know. What, what's I, a, I is do, that it's one of Joe's stores? It is. Joe's a big fan. <laughs> big Urban Out big H and M. Can we go to Urban Outfitters, please? <laughs> is that what it's like? It is. Uh, it is. It, it is funny though, because before you mentioned to the Jody, I do have a note that says, "Why are the doors so small in these dressing rooms?" <laughs> I just I mean, very I, progressive. Yeah, I saw an article. It's like things adults notice when watching National Treasure. The weird dressing room doors is one, and then back at uh, the dad's house, why does he have so many lemons? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> he had like a bowl of like twenty-four lemons in his fridge. Yeah. That's a good point. Water? No, thanks. And who who has a bowl of whole fruit in their fridge? That's what the fruit drawer is for. You throw the fruit in the fruit drawer. You haven't been to Hurricane Joe's apartment in a while then. I assume, yeah. I assume it's just beer and like frozen pizza. Uh, I mean, it's a lot of whiskey. Entirely. It's not entirely right. You don't put bourbon in the fridge, Jody. Come on. Uh, okay. <laughs> So anyways, so they end up like getting getting the clue off the hundred dollar bill. Did you see uh what he, did, oh go ahead. I just have a special shout out that I would like to make about the hundred dollar bill because when they're checking the time and they're talking about the two two twenty-two, it's a very special time for me and Jody's wife Lauren. Lauren was very excited when they said that. <laughs> <laughs> From high school, we used to get in the car every day to drive home, and it was always two twenty-two, and oh. that just uh, is a thing that we've had ever since. So That's shout out to Lauren. Like, like <laughs> take a little longer to get to your car. <laughs> Listen, oh. it only took twelve minutes to get our stuff and get to the car and get out of there, and that way we could go have a few more minutes to listen to Insync. All right. <laughs> hey, hey, I lo- good for I you. Like that story. <laughs> LPJ, I have a question for you. Yeah. Oh boy. So when they're looking at the hundred dollar bill and they want to get a closer look, they just hold up a bottle of water. Is that the best method for a magnifying glass? I mean, it's a method. I don't know if it's the best. <laughs> um, I also I also read that it said that like that that whole clue would not work because like the position of the sun is so dependent on what season of the year it is. Yeah, that like you would never be able to be like yes, it's. Pointing the same place at two twenty-two every day. So you didn't know uh, it had to be on that exact day. Did you? Uh, by the way, because so when he wants to get that hundred-dollar bill back, he gives that diver's watch to her. Did anybody see what they said? Like the actual, like how much that watch is worth? Yeah, yeah like eighty-five hundred dollars. Yeah, that's insane. Can you? I mean, this well, is it's, a little off. It's one of the. It's like a Bond watch. It's one of the watches. Uh, it's a diver's watch that like James Bond would wear. I know, but like this is a little off subject. But can you imagine having something, just any item that costs like that much money that you just like? That's just like a watch I wear. Like that's ins- that's a whole other thing. I'm sorry, just that's crazy to me. An eight thousand dollar watch. I'm sorry, I'm losing my mind. Uh, okay, so they go to the uh, the place where the Liberty Bell is, uh, which has apparently the worst security ever because they just like sneak all over the place and nobody sees them. They just like lift up a rope and they're like up where the bell's supposed to be. Aaron, you've been to Philadelphia. Is that true? Can we get up there? Uh, I, I don't know. I don't remember. I sort of walked past the Liberty Bell. I didn't really go to it. You didn't go into the tower? No. <laughs> Next time. Um, so the, 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 Shadows point to like a brick and it's like a he pulls out the brick and in the brick there's these like weird funky looking kind of like 3D like glasses. They have like all these like lenses that come down and stuff. Um, then like Ian's guy shows up and there's like a double foot chase where like he's the guys are chasing him and they're chasing 
uh, Abigail and uh, Justin Bartha and like everybody's shooting guns, but nobody gets hit. I have a note that says this movie's full of, full of bad shots because like they take so many shots at Nicolas Cage and they don't even get close to hitting him. So many shots and no police. Yeah, <laughs> they're just shooting in broad daylight. No police anywhere. No one shows up. There's broad, no one around the Liberty Bell. Broad daylight in Philadelphia, running around shooting guns, and they're like, "Ah, oh, this is fine." Um, there would definitely be police in that area. Yeah, you would think that like, on a, like a regular basis. I know they got to guard um, the uh, Rocky statue. <laughs> So, like, the, the end of this chase, like, uh, like there's that exciting scene where, like, she drops the Declaration of Independence, and you think it's going to get run over, or she's going to get run over, but then, ah, uh, he saves her, but then Ian gets they the Declaration out? of Independence. What's that? They hulk out? Ah! <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. It's the sound I decided to go with, and I'm sticking by it. All right. Um, so, uh, Nicholas Cage gets captured by the FBI, uh, and while he's in custody, like Ian calls and they're like, oh, we're going to have this meetup. I want you to meet us on this aircraft carrier in New York. Um, and then like he they like have this very complicated plan to like block out the FBI signal. And yeah, like <laughs> it is super complex. Like I. Did they bring in extra staff to do this? <laughs> Yeah, because they, like, block the signal, and they have a guy that, like, pass him an earpiece, and basically it all amounts to is that he, like, jumps off the side of the uh, aircraft carrier, and they have some, like, divers in the water, and they meet him with, like, one of those, like, James Bond, like, submersible things that you hold on to. Um, so they all decide that they're all kind of working together now. Uh, and originally, Nicolas Cage is like, all right, I'll tell you where I need to go. You give me the Declaration of Independence back. He's like, I'll even give you the pipe, and then you can go take care of it. But uh, just as like kind of some insurance, uh, Ian end up ends up kidnapping uh, John Voight. So John Voight's there. Uh, so Nicholas Cage kind of has to do everything he wants him to do. Uh, they go into this church, and eventually the clue leads them to this tunnel hidden inside one of the tombs in the basement of the church. Maybe that's not the right term. Anything below top level, I call it basement. No, that's uh, <laughs> catacombs. I don't know. Catacombs. So, like, it leads to this, like, really, like, spirally, like, wooden staircase thing. It's, like, kind of shady and, like, it's, like, all falling apart and stuff like that. So, you get, like, a. Kind of reminded me of my front porch. <laughs> to be perfectly honest with you. <laughs> I oh, do you have fell a... down it? A little bit. Was <laughs> it icy? A little bit. <laughs> the one bad guy just, like, takes a wrong step and just completely falls through. <laughs> My note says, see a bald guy. Oh, yeah. <laughs> he did. In parentheses, it says, possibly named Shaw. Because I guess it's named Shaw because, like, uh, Sean Bean is really tore up about him getting killed, I guess. And I'm like, oh, I, I wasn't that attached to him. Um, so then, like, everything, like, everything goes sideways. Like, there's all kinds of, like, stuff breaking and they're on, like, ladders and elevators and it's all over the place. It's crazy. The elevators seem to work great. Yeah. <laughs> they should have all just taken that. But yeah, that's true because the, the steps are really where they have issues. So they get to the bottom uh, and it's like a dead end. Like there's nothing down there. They're stuck. So they tell Ian, they're like, Hey, you know what? It's actually this clue. You got to go to Boston and do all this stuff, but he leaves them down there. But it turns out that he gave him a fake clue. Right. So they're in this room and they're like, ah, there's got to be, there's got to be some kind of way. So it turns out that that pipe from the beginning of the movie actually opens up like a secret door. Like you have to like put the thing of the ship in there and you turn it and then you put the pipe in. It's like a real thing. Um, so then they go into the room and boom, they're in the treasure room and you see all the treasure and it's like, wow, there's all this stuff in there. And I really do like that bit where like he like, takes the torch and he yeah. lights like the thing and it goes, cause you like, you see a lot of stuff in the room and it's pretty impressive, but then like he lights these things and it's like gunpowder or whatever. So it goes like, and it like lights up the whole room and you see, it's just this like massive, like uh cavern full of like statues and gold. Yeah, there's and, like, like there's like, there's a, uh, um, mummies in there. There's <laughs> all kinds of like random stuff from every, every time period you can imagine. Yeah, it, it's pretty impressive, and it's it, it is kind of like a really cool kind of payoff to like them finally. 
And, you know, it, it harkens back to what they talk about at the beginning of the movie, how it's like this treasure that's been collected over years and years from all these civilizations. And that's what you see. Um, so they find another way out. Um, he talks with Harvey Keitel, which, so Harvey Keitel was a Freemason this whole time? Like, that's, like, the big reveal because he has, like, the, the, the ring, like, the yeah, Mason ring. Yeah, that he's essentially knows about the treasure and is protecting it. <laughs> I so guess all these years, not one Mason went bad and went and tried to get the treasure. You know what? They're an honor. They're, they're an honorable society. Harvey That's Keitel. why you're not a member. Exactly. Har- Harvey Keitel. <laughs> I don't think said that the last member that knew anything about it had like died without passing his secret on. That was the whole premise. So like they oh, knew about it, but they didn't know where it was. Yeah, I think that I think that's the, I, I don't think Harvey Cal, Harvey Keitel knew where the treasure was. I think he just knew that it existed. So he was he, Harvey Keitel was not the knight at the end of Last Crusade. He was just like guarding the treasure. I wish. Uh, was that I a wish that's what it was. That was that was one of the one of the scenes that was cut. One of the four um, hour uh, cut scenes. So he makes a deal with the FBI because they're like, well, someone's got to go to prison. So he tells them. He's like, hey, we sent Dumbo and his boys to Boston. <laughs> so I do like, this is what I love. The FBI catches uh, Sean Bean and they arrest him. And they just cut to like across the street and Nicolas Cage is just there. And he's like, yeah, I got you. <laughs> They're like, FBI is going to go get him. Not like FBI, like in Boston, they're gonna like, yeah, we're gonna bring Nicolas Cage with us. Oh yeah. So like, why is Nicolas Cage there? Like, why did they bring him just so he could stand there and be like, yeah, got you? Yeah, standing there, hiding like, in the doorway of like some weird, some weird building, <laughs> like a vampire. So, um, <laughs> like a no, ghost rider. Like a ghost rider. <laughs> no, his head was my, on fire. My note actually says FBI catcher, captures Ian and his buddies. Gates is there to troll them. <laughs> That's true. So the end of the movie, they're all rich and they're happy. And like uh, Nicolas Cage and Diane Kruger are together. And Justin Barth is there complaining that they only took like 1% of the treasure, but they still have a lot they of money. 10%. She's yes. taking that 10%. Well, they yep. said that they they estimate it like, uh, what did they say? They say ten billion. Yeah, you know what's interesting, um, and I this is something I did not know until um, I was doing the research for But they they say that the house that he bought is the uh, it belonged to Charles Carroll, who is the guy at the beginning of the movie, the one that tells the secret to the original oh, game. Oh, yep. And I never, I never picked up on that before. So, and then, uh, you know, this happens sometimes, LBJ, and I, and I apologize. Where I write a note, and then I don't remember why I wrote it. Oh, this is always so, fun. All right, go ahead. So, so I wrote this. This is the last note I have for the movie, and I apologize. But it just says, "Is it a map to her vagina?" <laughs> <laughs> I thought the same thing. Do you know why? Why would I write that? It's because he's going to do another treasure hunt. She's like, I got another treasure hunt for you or something like that. Oh, yeah, that's uh, right. Yeah, she's like, oh, I got another treasure for you to find. She's like, but the map is really easy to, like, decipher or something like that. That's what it is. And then they kind of, like, run into the house. Okay. So that's, that's why it was rated PG. That's why it was. It was a map to uh, the bone zone. <laughs> I mean, honestly, though, if like that's what you get from the end of the movie, I mean, like, right? Like, anyways. So, but that's it. That's the end until uh, the second one, which we're going to cover right now. <laughs> back, back, Watching it, marathon. I kept telling Lauren, I was like, "When does this happen?" She's like, "That's the second one." I was like, "When did they kidnap the president?" That's the second <laughs> yeah. one. That's weird because I, I mean, like, I've seen the second one a couple times, but I. Definitely remember this one a lot more. I just remember that. I just remember like the second one, the drinking game for the second one is the resolute desk. Cause I feel like they say that like a lot in the second one. So that would, that would be the, uh, the drinking game for that. But um, yeah, I mean, that, that's it. That's the end of the movie. Um, 
Uh, it's funny that you talk about the rating. I don't know if you saw this, but they said that like when they were originally making it, it was going to come out like under like Disney's like Touchstone banner because they weren't sure what it was going to get like rated. But then when they found out it was PG, they were like, "Oh, okay, it's cool. Disney can uh, release it." So yeah, because really I did. No, uh, there's really no nothing really terribly objectionable objectionable in the movie. No, 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 no. I mean, it's it's definitely. I mean. I mean, any of the there's not really any violence. I mean, there's guns and stuff shooting, but it's not like people are getting. No one ever gets hit. Yeah, it's true, and yeah, I was surprised when I saw it was PG, but I guess it makes sense. It was, it should have been PG, but they show it at the middle school I work at a lot. There's a teacher (laughs) that does it all the time, so I guess that makes sense. I hope it's not for history class. It's to fill in some history class. It's okay. Mm. <laughs> what do you think Sphinx thinks of that? Uh, I would. I'm not even gonna. I'm not even gonna speculate because um, the pod- falsities in this movie really grind my gears. Oh yeah, this episode would have been. This episode would have been the four hour cut. Hundred <laughs> um, percent. We should also talk about how excited Aaron was. To find out about the third movie that's been greenlit and the Disney Plus series. <laughs> I am excited. I told you this this was definitely in my wheelhouse. Like I just want to go search for some treasure or, you know, dig for things. And <laughs> this sort of uh fits into that. <laughs> what so skills are you bringing okay. to the table? Hmm? What treasure hunting skills are you bringing to the table? I mean, I like shiny things, and <laughs> I like Egyptian history. That's all I got. I just Jody, really what, like historical Jody, fiction. Jody, what are you bringing to the treasure hunting? Group? I'm not bringing. I'm. I'm going to drive you guys. That's what I'm bringing. <laughs> oh, I like that. <laughs> yep, he's got the vehicle. I never said I wanted to go treasure hunting, but I'll drive. I feel like LPJ. I feel like LPJ's got like the tools and shovels and stuff that we'll need to use in order to do this. Um, I don't you really have the uh, random knowledge that has nothing to do with the treasure we're looking for that you'll just keep talking about. Right, I'm like the I'm like I'm like the Riley of the group. I'll bring my laptop, but I won't be able to do like any like computer stuff with it. I'll be like. Uh, guys, I uh, looked up something on Internet Movie Database. <laughs> Maybe from first treasure hunt to second treasure hunt, you can make a leap like Ludacris did in the Fast and Furious movies. Maybe. Fingers crossed. Um, anything else that we didn't mention or anything else somebody wanted to bring up or is, you know, we, we kind of hit it pretty good or is there anything in your notes, anything we didn't talk about? What? what I have th- one. Th- Go ahead. Oh, I have one thing. Did you guys happen to notice, I didn't notice it, but I did see it, that when the good guys looked up stuff on the computer, uh-huh. they used Google. When the bad guys looked up something, they used Yahoo. Yeah, that yeah. was very odd, very specific and weird. <laughs> but you know what? You should look stuff up on Google and not Yahoo. So I, I agree with uh, them saying the good guys. I thought you used Alta Vista. <laughs> wow. <laughs> Uh, yeah. Uh, did you have something LPJ? No, I just like, you know, this is one of those weird movies that just has this odd, broad appeal. And yeah. it really is complete, completely nonsensical. This movie, <laughs> but well, yeah, that's the, people like that's it. Thing, that's the thing. I do love this movie, but like breaking it down for this podcast and watching it and like preparation of this, I'm like, there's a lot of stuff in this movie that just does not sense oh, he's dumb like, but it's great <laughs> i mean yeah i mean you're not wrong um you think we should rate it uh yeah let me hit the button Alrighty. well aaron as the guest you get to go first or pick one of us to rate it first. One out of five machine guns. You're not new. You've been here before. I have. Let's see. How many machine guns? I'm going to say four. Okay. Uh, because it is just so enjoyably watchable. Even if the history is not completely accurate even if there are a lot of things that really truly don't make sense and could never happen the fact that i 
still enjoy watching it every single time I see it, regardless of how many times I've seen it, that makes it at least a four for me. Jody, what do you think? Uh, I don't know if I'm, I was between three and a half and four, but Aaron inspired me, so I'm going to go four cutscenes is what I'm rating this <laughs> for the four-hour cut of this movie. It's enjoyable. There's nothing... I mean, there's ridiculous things about it, but you're not going to be sad. You're not going to be disappointed when you watch it. So yeah. I'd say four. All right. LBJ, where are you at? Yeah. No, I, I would echo all those sentiments that it, it's just a dumb movie, but it's awesome. You know? <laughs> and I like I, I really I really enjoy... The chemistry between Nicolas Cage, Diane Kruger, and Justin Bartha, like they f- they work really well together, and I buy that they want to go on this like expedition with each other, and they 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 I I buy that they like each other, but are annoyed with each other at the same time. Like it's great. I think Sean Bean is really good in this too. Not that he's ever bad in anything, but I think Sean Bean is a bad guy. He's not too terrible, but he's bad enough to make you not like him. Um, everything just kind of fits with this movie. So yeah, I'm going for machine guns. Uh, yeah, I, you, you, you guys have all spoken, you know, exactly kind of how I feel about this and you're right. Uh, LBJ, I do like, I, I think what's great about Sean, uh, being in this is cause he starts off and he, he like, he kind of slowly becomes more and more of a bad guy as it goes on. Like, you know, like he starts off and they're buddies and then it's like, oh, maybe he's not nice. And then like by the end, he's like kidnapping his dad and something. It's like, whoa, OK. Uh, I also like you said, the chemistry is great. I like the little bit. And I can't remember where it is, but it's like I just like how they know all the stuff. And like Riley's so excited. I can't remember the one thing I think it has to do with like the when they're talking about a hundred dollar bill or something. And yeah. they're like, oh, oh yeah, he, that, he invented that. And he's like, ah, but anyway. Daylight savings time or daylight yes. saving time. Excuse yes, me. that's what There's it is. No um, but yeah, no, this movie is forever watchable. Um, and as ridiculous as it is, I will always, it's a very like put on and just watch wherever it's at. And yeah, I, I, I do love it. So I, I will go for machine guns as well. It's so weird. Cause like this movie doesn't deserve four machine guns, but it absolutely <laughs> deserves four machine guns. Like no, and, and yeah, because like honestly, before we started talking about it, I was like three, maybe three and a half. But then we were talking about it, like you know what? I'm gonna give it four too because I do love it. <laughs> it's not. There's nothing slow about this movie. I don't know. It's just a fun movie. It really is. Yeah, I feel I've been on with some movies that are dumb movies that I enjoy and are good. When we did the Mummy. I think that fit in the same category for me. Eh. Maybe not the Mummy Returns, <laughs> but the original Mummy. I find fun. Yeah, no, I agree. No, I mean, I think that yeah. Not, I mean, not every movie is gonna like win awards, but some are just fun to watch. You know, they're just like you said. There's no all the performances are good. The, the story is maybe nonsensical, but smart. As in, like in the logic of the movie, it makes sense, and it moves at a fast pace. Like it, there's not a lot of slow stuff in this movie. Even all the exposition they're giving to you is kind of in service of moving the plot along. And it's not that long a movie. Was it like about two hours? Yeah, it's about. So I guess the question then is, what do you think the four hour cut would add to this? Would it be better or worse with more stuff in it? Worse. Uh, I, I would think that it would not be as good as this. I think it would, it would not, it would lose kind of like the snappiness and it moves from scene to scene. And I think you'd get a lot more like dialogue heavy and just like stuff that you don't need. Like I, it's insane to me. I I'm going to try and do a little more research about this four hour cut Cause I, I want to know if there's any like listing of what else was in this movie that they cut out like two hours worth. I don't know. I, I wait, too bad we don't have a DVD. Although I didn't read that the DVD, like it has all kinds of weird hidden things in it. Like there's stuff that's not part of the menu or that you can click on that takes you to different things in the DVD itself. Like the DVD itself is a puzzle. Huh? Well, cool. Go yeah. out and buy it. No, I'm I'm good. We're good. <laughs> no, we're, we're okay. Um, all right. Well, um, we are of course the last action podcast. You can catch us every Monday on the Gamezilla Media Network. Uh, we've also got the GameZilla podcast. Uh, currently, they're taking a bit of a break. They're going to kind of figure out um, a new format for the show 
and uh, do some tweaks to it. So they're currently on a break, but they will be back. Uh, you got the on Wednesdays, you've got Noobs and Dragons with myself and Sphinx and Matrick and Craig. Uh, and then on Thursdays, you got uh, the Legend of Retro with uh, Chops and Craig and Glitch and, and, and Xander and everybody else. And um, you can check all those, all those things out on GameZillaMedia.com. Uh, we got lots and lots of stuff for you to uh, to take a look at and listen to. Um, we've also got our Discord. If you go to GameZillaMedia.com, at the bottom of the page is our Discord link. If you click on it, you can join Discord, join our server, and chat with us. Uh, people are actually blowing up my phone right now chatting with us about uh, Last Action Podcast. Uh, and I will, at some point, respond to them, probably. Uh, <laughs> we'll see how it goes. Uh, and Joe, uh, what do we got for Patreon? Well, uh, we have two tiers for Patreon, LPJ. If you if you kick in a dollar every month, you, you know you get access to some extra voting on some of the polls and some of the shows have. You get access to the State of the Zilla, which is a uh, show that's get put out once a month. Now, if you go up to the five dollar tier, you're going to get a bonus show from all the shows on the network, including our post credit scene, which is our extra show that we put out every month. Um, it's more of kind of a free form topic type discussion. You know, we don't go with a specific movie we've done. We've covered lists. I've given, uh, LBJ a quiz before we've done all kinds of stuff. Uh, and that is available. Like I said, if you, if you get into that $5 tier on Patreon. Yep. Uh, so patrons, thank you for your support. We really appreciate it. And future patrons, you got plenty of stuff for you. Um, Aaron, is there anything you want to plug? Yes, I'd like to plug my husband's podcast. It's called <laughs> Last Action Podcast. Yeah, it's a good it's on place the Game Media Network, and you should listen. It's on Mondays. No, and you should listen every week, like I do. Yeah, let me ask you how many episodes? <laughs> how many episodes have you actually listened to, other than the ones that um, you're on? I mean, I've listened to quite a few. I tend to listen to the ones that I know your guests. Like I'll listen to Jody's episodes and Dave's and uh, Devin's. Sometimes Matt's. Hearing our voices. Yeah, I love that That's you don't necessarily. It. I love that you don't necessarily listen to the episodes my brother is on. <laughs> no, no. It's, it's, I she lives with you. What's the difference? <laughs> I thought we were taking enough chops stand on we, this podcast. Yeah, you're right. Yeah. <laughs> enough chops. To be, to be fair, your brother is on some of the, the most strangest movies and the most like really episodes like Basically, any episode that's gone completely off the rails is one that your brother's been a, a guest on. So, yeah. was he on this one? No, trust me, this this has only gone slightly off the rails. Yeah, uh, yeah, a little behind the scenes. This is take two of this episode, by the way. Uh, our first attempt at recording this episode did not go well. And uh, yeah, this is take two. So um, yeah. the, the first take two, cut, a lot, first take two, a lot better. Released. <laughs> nope. Um, but Aaron, thank you for being here. Uh, I will, you know, see you in a couple minutes when I go upstairs. Um, Jody, thanks for being here. Back to back. Our first back to back sequel guest. Yes. Not, I don't know if that's true, but. Except, except this wasn't a sequel. No. Right. No. I, well, he, I've he, been he, on back to back episodes before, so. His appearance is a sequel. He's a sequel. His appearance today is the sequel to the appearance he had last week. I think I did the Mummy and Goonies back to back, too, though. I think you, you probably did. I don't know. All right. Well, I'll throw out another movie. He's tracking these things. LBJ hates every movie I suggest. So he's going to accept one once. That is true. He does. It's been a while since I suggested. He holds it to you at this point. It's true. I will. So I was going to say. (laughs) We're going to go back to uh, Transformers 2? No? No. Nope. Uh uh. What? Uh, Okay. Let let me just propose. Last stand. Before before we sign off, (laughs) let let me suggest this. What if at a certain point we take like the three movies that Jody really wants to do that you keep turning down, we put it out as a fan poll and let them decide which one of the ones we do of Jody's picks? Would you be open to that? Yes. Okay. You, nice. You heard it here first. Yep. So I, will, I will do it. I will subject, subject myself to whatever horrible pick our fans make. <laughs> I was going to bring a new one to you this time, though. 
Walking Tall. How do oh. you feel about that movie? I actually, I've seen that movie. I actually enjoy that movie. Well, it could lead. It so could start a Johnny Knoxville. No, that was just a future Jody episode. <laughs> I was like, "That's Johnny Knoxville to lead into the Dukes of Hazard episode." Oh God, Aaron's okay. a big right. Jackass <laughs> fan. <laughs> I am. <laughs> Don't push your luck, Jody. We're going to give you this fanfic. Let's not go crazy. But um, all yeah, right. all right. <laughs> all right, we're, we're done. <laughs> this episode of the Last Action Podcast has been terminated. But we'll be back. <laughs>